Yeah, um, very uh, clean, crisp IPA. I mean, it's just very drinkable, almost almost a crushable IPA that you could drink too much of because it tastes so good. <laughs> is, is there ever too much beer? No. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's always been our motto is a small batch drinkable beers, and, and we're, we're true beer drinkers. So once we start, you know, we don't want to stop. So uh, <laughs> we, we, we like those uh, full-flavored uh, beers that you can crush. This is Craft Beers and Cheap Meals with the Clydesdale Crossfitter. I am Scott Schweitzer, and I am the Clydesdale Crossfitter. My friends and I like to hang out and relax over craft beers and really, really good food. We want to take you on a journey as we discover these new and exciting places. Come along for the ride. If you enjoy these podcasts, please hit that subscribe button and consider giving us a really good rating. Thank you for joining us. Now off to this week's episode. Hey everyone, we are still live in Cookville, Tennessee. Uh, this is Scott Schweitzer, the Clydesdale CrossFitter, your host for this podcast. I have with me my buddy, Mike Dorwalt. What's going on, Mike? Not much, just trying to recover from a good night of drinking at Red Silo Brewery last night. Yeah, so we are actually in Red Silo Brewery right now. It's This is our first morning brewery part podcast. Uh, we have with us a couple of the owners of Red Silo. I'm going to have them introduce themselves. Uh, I'm Elijah Thoman. I'm Jim Helton. And you guys started Red Silo when? It was, uh, we started our LLC back in um, 2015. Uh, did a year's worth of uh, construction and, and uh, build out, and we got open in August uh, 2016. So you've been in the craft beer uh, game for about four years now? And uh, in Ohio, that's kind of when our boom hit. Is that about the same for Tennessee as well? Well, Tennessee's behind the curve, um, absolutely. There were some laws that had to be changed, amended at state level, local level. But they've, um, it's become much more popular since they've changed the laws in 2015 to allow small breweries like ours to open. Before that, we, you couldn't do that. You couldn't brew beer and sell beer on site. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, so um, nationwide, that w- the, the boom was probably 2010 is when it started to happen. Ohio was behind that curve, and you guys were even behind a little bit more than that. Correct. Wow, so, so you have a great facility here, very spacious uh, for many of the breweries we've been to. Uh, so what was the concept, and where did you come up with the name Red Silo? Well, we went through about 100 different names, um, and they, they were either taken or we didn't like them. And the space we initially found before this became available was a small f- feed store. Oh, and it okay. had a silo on the property. And we came up with the name Silo, and it was taken. So Red Silo was the next option, and it, it wasn't taken. So that's how so it started. out front, you actually have a, a little Red Silo. Uh, did you create that yourself, or is that, was that something that was in use? Yeah, we found that in the farm down in McMinnville and went and picked it up. Okay. Uh, and was it red or did you have to paint it? No, we did paint it. <laughs> no, we did paint it. <laughs> All right. So um, you're, you're located in what's the west side of Cookville, right? Correct. Uh, which is a really cool area. If you're not from Cookville or have never been to Cookville, Tennessee, uh, the west side is a really cool um, 
for us people that are from Columbus, Ohio, it's kind of like our short north, only it's more natural and organic than that. Um, and so this is really a, a cool little area that you guys are in. So let's go through the brewing process. What Have you always been in this facility? Yes, we started here. Uh, as I said, we had another site located across town, but when this became available, we wanted to be here, but they didn't want to lease anything. They wanted to sell it. Changed hands. We then had a lease agreement with the, that new owner uh, back in 2014, and we just we just expanded this. But we finally purchased the building, and then we've expanded. Okay, cool. Are you still brewing on the same tanks you did when you first opened? Yes. Oh, awesome. A lot of the brewers we talk to, they, they start really small and then get into that, that phase where do we, ex, do we go bigger or is it too much for us and we have to shut down? It was kind of miraculous how we got our tanks. Um, there was a, a company in California, Northern California, that was uh, closing down. Uh, we flew Mark out uh, to look at the system and it was a premier stainless system and Mark saw it and was like, this is perfect for us. Uh, we put money down, had it shipped out, and how it was set up, it just magically fit on our brew space perfectly. Like, it was meant to be there. It was great. So, since then, we've added some more tanks and fermenters and such. But, uh, but yeah, we're still brewing on the, the brew house, a little five-barrel system. Oh, nice. So, so you uh, so you're brewing on the same tanks, but you had to expand a little bit on that. Yeah, bit. we've added, what, uh 35 barrels of fermentation since then. Oh, wow, cool. So let's talk about the beer a little bit. Mike and I are actually in town because of the Mayhem Classic. Uh, we worked as volunteers at that event. Uh, I do another podcast that's actually a CrossFit podcast. Uh, so it, we're going to cross over a little bit here. You guys made some special beers just for that event. Just for that event. And uh, a lot of a lot of breweries and, and companies they'll just rename a beer for an event like that but we actually made three beers for the event so uh, and we all kept them low calorie themed too for all those uh the athletes so um the first one i want to talk about is the good dudes a cream ale is a cream was a cream ale it's cream ale right yeah okay so one for those of you who are not crossfit fans there are three crossfitters legends of the crossfit games uh, Dan Bailey, Rich Froning, and Josh Bridges, and they own Good Dudes Coffee. So you guys did a coffee cream stout using their coffee blend? Yes. Uh, I'm not sure where their idea originated, but they sh shipped us two, two pounds of their coffee, and we didn't want to do a dark, dark coffee like you would typically see, a, a porter or stout. We made a, a cream ale, and added vanilla, it had lactose in it, and it, it really, really turned out well. I would agree with that. Um, Mike's going to say something about it. I think we figured I'm not lactose intolerant then because that beer tasted great and did not affect me the, the way that it does. So, <laughs> so uh, that was probably my favorite of the, of the three. It was the creamiest cream ale I've ever had. Um, and that little hint of coffee was, was just really nice. Uh, I actually I gave it a really high rating on Untapped. Um, I love that beer. Well, so it, kudos to that. It, it, it was popular beer, but no, 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 no means about it. No talking about it. But uh, we're going to keep it on tap, we think. Um, it's a different beer than we've ever brewed. We've, we do have a, a cream ale, um, a husky stallion we call it, but it doesn't have coffee in it. So, yeah, it's a popular beer. We'll keep it. So next on the list is, uh, I don't have the list in front of me, um, the Buffalo Farms IPA. 
Well, we, we, we named that after Rich Froning's uh, farm. Right. Uh, and we used a, a hop from Idaho that we hadn't used before. And it's just a, a mile IPA, a single hop IPA. Yeah, and I thought that was nice, too. Mike, did, you had some of that. Yeah, um, very uh, clean, crisp IPA. I mean, it's just very drinkable, almost, almost a crushable IPA that you could drink too much of because it tastes so good. Is, is there ever too much beer? No. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's always been our motto is a small batch drinkable beers, and, and we're, we're true beer drinkers. So once we start, you know, we don't want to stop. So uh, <laughs> we, we, we like those uh, full-flavored uh, beers that you can crush. And then finally, we had the um, Mayhem Light. Yeah, so uh, basically just a simple American light lager, uh, 3.8%. Um, we made it just because we thought, well, these guys are, uh, they're, they're fit. They're watching their calories. They probably don't drink a whole lot of beer. So yeah, the mayhem light was actually the most popular beer at the event. Um, people just, I guess they just love light beer. Uh, and the fact that we're marketing it as a, like an, an ultra light, um, yet refreshing, but f- full of flavor, um, uh, came in at 3.8%. Um, yeah, we, people are just killing it in the VIP room. So. so that's not really my my type of beer that I mm-hmm. like and enjoy. But I found it really clean and crisp, uh, an easy drinkable beer. Like that right after mowing the lawn kind of beer. Absolutely. It'll be great this summer. Also, um, having a brewery and always having a, a, a beer that type. So when you have non-traditional craft beer drinkers come in, they do have something to drink then and get them into that next step of getting into craft beers, saying, hey, here's a craft beer, but it's a light, lighter beer. Try this one. And that might bring them into trying more blondes or more lo- other lagers and stuff. Yeah, it's uh, For lagers, it's kind of a big deal for small breweries like us to do because it ties up a tank for 8 to 12 weeks. I mean, it's a true lager. So, yeah. so other than those three you did for the event, you have, you have a lot of beers on tap. We kind of talked about that before I, I hit record on this. Uh, that most of the breweries we've been to, the, the max amount of beers on tap is like 15. You guys have 20 plus. And uh, is there a reason why you've gone with so many or just you love experimenting and trying different things? Well, I, I tell people that between the three of us, three local partners, we all bring something different. Uh, I like the lagers and the lighter beers and the reds, like the Irish reds. Elijah brings the IPAs and the dark beers. I didn't drink IPAs before I met Elijah. Uh, and Mark. I didn't drink them until I met him. Yeah. And Mark, he likes the Belgians, the European beers. So between the three of us, we have a pretty wide spectrum of likes. And we had uh, a tap wall put in. Was it 16 taps? 16 And then we bought a, got a creaser. So it's easy to make a lot of beers with this small system. If there was a 15 or 20 barrel system, we couldn't feasibly make this many beers because you couldn't store them. Right. So at five barrels, 150, 170 gallons, it's pretty easy to keep that many beers on tap. So, and we wanted a wide range. If you can't find a beer here you like to drink, you don't like you don't like beer. So I had a beer last night um, that I gave a 5.02, uh, which is now rare for me uh, to give a 5.0 on untapped. Um, and that is the, the salted caramel stout. I, the, I, the name is Car- Carmella. It's a sweet Carmeline. It's after that song. Yeah. Sweet Carolina, sweet Carmeline. Bump, bump, bump. You know. 
No, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, that just makes it all the better. Love Neil Diamond. <laughs> uh, but that beer was like dessert in a glass. It essentially is. It's a, uh, a salted caramel milk stout or dessert stout. So. Wow. I, I, uh, it was nice. It was sippable. Something that I could, I could drink over a half an hour talking with friends. Um, and it had a lot of punch to it, too. Uh, so I, that, those are the beers I like. I like high gravity, stouts, porters. Um, and I've kind of leaked into the IPA world a little bit. Mm-hmm. But that thing was one of the best beers I've had in, in a couple years. Ron, did you get a chance to try our uh, peanut butter porter? I had a sample of it. Yeah. Um, and, and I like that a lot. I, I would put that just a tick below the caramel. But that caramel, it'd be hard to beat that. Well, the sweet caramel line we only produce once a year. Well, that's a shame. Uh, and and <laughs> uh, this year we actually released uh, 10 one six barrel kegs into the distribution market, and they were actually sold in a few days. So we, we kind of teased everyone. And, in fact, we, we produced that, what, three weeks ago? Yeah, was when we're about out. So. Oh, wow, lucky me. I, I, mean, I hit the sweet spot and got that. Um, but, Mike, did you have anything last night you wanted to talk about? Um, I did not get a chance to get the dad bod. It was it was out last night, so I um, Sarge suggested I try Float the Creek Session IPA, and that was very crisp, very very tasty. Enjoyed that one thoroughly. Yeah, and, and we have to thank Sarge, uh, our friend Sarge. We've known him since 2014. Little shout out to him on this podcast. He's the one that that insisted we come here and check this place out, and it, we were not disappointed at all. So one other story I have: last night I was uh, we were getting ready to leave. Uh, Mike hit the food truck one last time before we headed out the door and uh, ran into a couple that was coming in and they could not stop raving about Penny Dropper. <laughs> and I was like, what? And I missed it. Like, I didn't even get to sample that one. Um, but she was like, that's all I drink every time I come in here. Just Penny Dropper, Penny Dropper, Penny Dropper. And I was like, well, okay, someone's dropping panties. I hope it's not right now. <laughs> so what's it's, that beer? It's happened. It's a Belgian triple uh, that Mark... Uh, made because uh, he's traveled all over the world and has had a lot of experience with uh, in, in Belgium and in Germany and stuff like that and just a, a, a classic Belgian triple uh, um, except Mark puts a little twist on it he uses a, a wildflower honey uh, loads of coriander and a tangerine peel in there oh wow that sounds good I wish I would have tried that last night um, so any other beers that you have that are like I know me- that we were suggested dad bod uh, that went. That was out last night, so we didn't get a chance to try that. Any other beers that are like really popular that you have? Our actually our most popular beers in uh, the distribution is Home Run Red, so our Irish Red, uh, and our Peanut Butter Porter, um, in which we fact we've won quite a few awards because of the uh, Peanut Butter Porter. Um, if you don't mind me bragging just for a few seconds. No, that's what this is um, about. Go brag away. So uh, there's a huge uh, festival in Tennessee. In fact, I think it's the biggest beer fest in Tennessee. It's held at Bridgestone. It's uh, put on by the Predators Foundation, which is a nonprofit that helps uh, children um, and special needs. And we've been to the Preds Fest three years now. Uh, first year there, we um, we were voted second favorite brewery out of 80-something breweries. Oh, that's awesome. Um, the second year we went, we actually won first place uh, for favorite brewery. I think there's 84 breweries that year. And uh, this last year, Jim took a crew up, um, and we won first place again uh, at the Preds Fest out of 82 breweries. And, and this is a, a voting system by the people that attend. So That's great. Uh, did, did do that. Oh. 
when, when is that festival? It's in June, usually the third weekend in June. I want to say it's June 22nd this year. You'll probably have to check to double check me on that. But. Uh, do they do they rank individual beers or just breweries overall? It's breweries in general. Okay, cool. Uh, so do, how many beers do you take up there? Um, this past year we took uh, five, we took eight beers. We have a, a jockey tub um, made by TriStar Brew Works. No shout out to them, Brian Thiessen. Uh, it has five taps on it, and then we have a um, some portable tap. So we took took eight beers with us, and um, we kind of ran away with it. There wasn't much of a competition, honestly. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So, so let me ask you, what's your favorite beer that you brew? I'll have to go with the Home Run Red. Um, I really like that beer. Now, I'll still drink the Skinny, which is in house our number one seller by almost two to one. It's a really, really light American ale. Uh, and that's kind of what we call our gateway beer to get people, as you were mentioning, get them in, in here and try craft beer that's not a Bud Light, not a Coors Light. It's a skinny bikini. I had to make it for my wife. She was an ultra drinker. So right. it's, um, so to answer your question, Home and Red, if we have it on tap, it's my favorite. And, uh, uh, you know, it's bikini season. It's coming around the corner, so perfect beer for that, too. It's an all-day beer. Yeah. Elijah, what's your favorite? Uh, I'd have to say I'd, I usually tend to go with the IPAs or uh, I've been on the Sour Kick lately. Um, I've had this small batch series of uh, sours going where I just do these ultra small batches, probably like 15 gallons. Um, right now I've got a, a vanilla strawberry rhubarb sour. It's uh, fermented with a lactobacillus, a little bit Britannomyces. So that's probably been my go-to the past few weeks, but normally it's an IPA. So I guess the question I've, I've missed to ask is, you guys actually do the brewing yourself? Yes. Yeah, all of us. So the three of you, you're the brewers and the owners. And, and we don't have a, a brewmaster per se. We all kind of contribute. Um, and that's just the way we like to do it. So I have to ask, with all three of you brewing, is it a competitive process? No. No? No. It's, we, look at, we look at the inventory and see what we have to brew, and we brew it. Okay. So, uh, and we come up with these three beers for this event. We came up on with new recipes to do this. Um, and I've got, I got a brew today, actually. So. So, so when you're doing that and you're coming up with a new recipe, do you, is it a collaborative effort, or do you just, like, try? And, and do you do it more on, like, a, like a home kit to just try something, or do you do it full-blown if you're going to try it? Elijah's done some small batch um, recipes to see how they how they roll but in this in this case we decided to go into a five barrel of these three beers and uh once with the coffee beers you had coffee stout or porter or or a lighter lighter beer and we decided to go with cream ale uh and of course the ipa we we rotate our ipas we have probably eight or ten recipes and it's basically the same grain bill but you can adjust the, the hop schedule and different hops uh, which makes it a whole different beer. So, so like these three beers you came up with, did you guys get together and, and come up with the recipes for these three new beers? Or, well, I came up with with two recipes for the IPA and the cream ale, and we talked about it, uh, and we all agreed. We well, we made a little change on the cream ale after we discussed it, and it turned out to be a good decision. So more of a collaborative process and brainstorming after you go through what you you bring the the um, recipe in, then kind of pull it apart, put it back together, and 
I really think it's just the beer. We drink a few beers and then stuff happens. <laughs> it's it's just like it's like li- liquid uh, inspiration, uh, and hence the names. And we're we're just having fun. It's just a passion um, for us. So we just uh, fortunately we haven't had any flops as far as uh, beers go. Um, and it's, I, I tell everyone it's kind of like cooking. You know, once you're used to cooking. Uh, you know what a, a spice is going to do, or you in the recipe, and, and um, with all three of our experience, we feel like we know what a hop is going to do. We know what the yeast flavor is going to bring. We know what temperature to mash in at or to ferment at. Um, so we kind of have an idea how it's going to turn out. Sometimes it's a guess, like the coffee. We didn't. We I don't think we've ever dry hopped a, with a, a coffee beans before. Um, so that was kind of a gamble. Uh, we threw the two pounds of coarse ground uh, Colombian medium roast from Good Dudes Coffee in there, and uh, it basically was like a cold brew process for three or four days, and we uh, crashed it out and put it in the bright tank. Well, I love the saying, we just have a couple beers and stuff happens. Um, our stuff that happens is never good beer like this. Usually we're in trouble with our wives for a couple of days and, and stuff like that, but... Our, our good stuff happens when we sit outside and we, we a couple times a year smoke ribs and pork butt and all that kind of stuff and drink all day long. So meat turns out great, but the after effects aren't usually that good. All right. So so the, my last little part, just to kind of sum this all up, is one, you guys have a great brewery here. We're so glad we stopped in and got to, to, to sample your stuff. I, I The reason I do my podcast is I just want to spread the joy of beer, and you guys have that. And I liked what you said when we came in is we, we brew what we like to drink, right? There's nothing complicated about that. You guys love beer, so you're brewing for yourselves and hoping that joy spreads to others throughout Brookville. We, we are not trying to impress anybody. If, it, if people like the beer, that's fantastic. If we win, win awards, that's fantastic. But we're not trying to, we're not trying to prove a point to say we're going to make this beer and submit it to a contest just turns out that way yeah so my last question is you've come it's you've been in the game five years now uh you have award-winning award-winning brewery what are what are your plans going forward just keep going where you're at or do you do you want to try different things and new things with this or well you're sitting in the expansion we've we got it open yesterday uh it's kind of a three phase we think we love the space we love the location I don't anticipate us moving from this location for a long period of time. We want to increase our production to help our distribution. We simply can't make enough product to satisfy the market. So that's what part of this expansion is about. And ultimately down the road, we would like to look into putting a rooftop patio on here. But as far as the, the, the we're always going to be bringing new beers in. Uh, we'll probably have eight or ten staples we'll keep on tap. Um, but we're way beyond what we thought we'd be when we first started this. What's amazing when you when you bottle something and it only lasts a couple of days on the shelf. I mean that's that like the the salted caramel milk stout. Um, that that's amazing. And gosh, where you're located to have a rooftop patio, that'd be a great. That may be pie in the sky, but you know we were in Nashville at the at the, uh, the festival two years ago, and we went down on Broadway, and they've got all those patios and we're thinking perfect to do this it's it's it'll be expensive it's a big leap but 
you know, we're, we're going to keep that in the back of our minds. But we have to get more production. That's that's a main part of this this expansion. Yeah, you got a dream though, right? Yes. Got a dream. And so, yeah, I, my wife and I did a, a trip to Nashville in the spring, and those rooftop patios are really cool uh, on a nice summer night, just sitting up there having a beer. It's pretty cool. Well, I want to thank you very much for joining us. Mike, do you have any other questions? I will say the nine uh, beers I've had in the last two days from Red Silo over all amazing beers, and thank you very much for your guys' passion and, and bringing this beer, beer joy to everyone. Thanks, guys. As the designated driver, I only got to have about four of your beers, um, but I, did, again, loved every one I had, and uh, I thank you so much for taking the time out for us. Um, we hope that people around here uh, check you guys out. Uh, what, what are your hours? Uh, we're, right now we're open uh, Wednesday through Sunday. You can come in and check us out in the afternoons. Uh, Wednesday uh, through Thursday, it is uh, 4 to 9. Uh, Friday is a 4 to 10, and a Saturday is 11 to 10, and you can come in on the Sunday and watch football with us from uh, 1 to 7. Cool. And do you have a website where people We'd, can find you? You can check us out at uh, redsilobrewing.com. Uh, we're also on uh, Instagram and uh, Facebook. And again, they're on the, the west side of Cookville in the kind of the historic district. Um, and with this podcast, we also hit Ralph's Donuts. They're just down the street. So you can get a donut, come up here, grab some beer, and, and that's the best of both worlds, right? Yeah, we're on uh, 118 first West 1st Street. We're Cook- Cookville's uh, first microbrewery. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. And, and everybody, we'll catch you next time on uh, Craft Beers and Cheap Meals with the Clydesdale CrossFitter. Thanks. This has been Craft Beers and Cheat Meals with the Clydesdale Crossfitter. Again, my name is Scott Schweitzer and I am the Clydesdale Crossfitter. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode. If you like what you heard, go ahead and hit that like button or subscribe button. And feel free to give us a really good rating. We'd love to see that. Thank you so much again for joining us and we'll see you next time on Craft Beers and Cheat Meals with the Clydesdale Crossfitter.